You're listening to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast with the UK's top award-winning social entrepreneur, Nayesh Kratitsa. Why not be part of the club transforming lives and join us on Patreon? If you would like to get in touch, email impactfulbillionaires at gmail.com. This is a For The Now media production. Welcome to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast show with award-winning social entrepreneur, Nayasha Kuditso, and myself, Ali Monjak. This is the second... Hello there. Hello. I can't believe a week has already passed. I know. <laughs> We're doing our last news. <laughs> I know. So this is our second news show, and we've got some top stories as well as our own news. And if you'd like to share your stories of impact, please get in touch at impactfulbillionaires at gmail. Com. Right, without further ado, we've got the COP28 coming up, haven't we? Yes. Wow. That's a very interesting uh, topic. Um, I'm just wondering, where is it going to be this year? It's in Dubai. It's actually in the yeah, United Arab Emirates. So from the 30th of November to the 12th of December. So, My goodness, um, it is long. Wow. I know. Two weeks? Yes. It oh, is. Wow. So um, there's lots going on, as we as we know that there is a every COP that happens yearly. Um, but there was some quite interesting comment actually from Mary Robinson, the one of the leading human rights advocates, and she was saying that you know companies need to be ten times bolder in their approach to the climate crisis and call for a total phase out. Of your fossil fuels, yes, you know it's not going to be. It looks as if, uh, um, you know, corporates are not really taking it serious. But I think it's almost they're almost following the governments as well. Some governments are really not taking this topic quite seriously. I don't um, think it's that they're not trying to take it seriously. It's just that I don't think they really know what to do. I mean, there's been a load of recent controversy in terms of electric cars, for example. I know. And I thought when I saw that, I thought, well, goodness me, what, 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 what is the best solution? Well, the best solution actually is hydrogen. I don't know if you know that, Nayasha, but... I do because I've I've done a bit of research on it and Mm. um, hydrogen cars are you know a thing of the future because actually obviously electric cars still run you know they're recharged on fossil fuels and quite often they've got themselves cause a lot of environmental problems yeah absolutely Mm. yeah their batteries are made up of cobalt and uh, lithium yes two kind of really sort of dangerous for the environment anyway yeah toxic for the environment so toxic they're not really a sustainable um mode of transport i mean obviously you know we had the the news this year didn't we from rishi sunak that they will still be making petrol cars after 2035 Mm. yeah and that was supposed to be the cutoff date but i suspect that's the reason behind it and that they've not actually come to the forefront about that because um, you know, there, there is the talk of hydrogen cars and not a lot of people realise that we've actually got hydrogen buses. No, I've never heard of it, you know. Um, someone was telling me about nuclear cars. 
you know, like the submarines are gathered, they, they don't uh, use fuel, they use nuclear power. Yeah. And uh, But hydrogen, I've never heard of it. And why is it being, uh, it's not being talked about? No, it's not being talked about at all. Mm. So um, it's, um, yeah, it, there, there's a lot of testing going on at the moment. And I, you know, that BMW, not that I really want to, to mention brands here, but... Yeah are one of the cars manufacturers that are actually looking at um, it yeah have have got a car that they they think that they can produce to to you know drive the whole thing forward so really interesting to almost miss the electrical and go straight to the hydrogen i know yeah 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 there's been the electrical cars had come out yeah uh, before it even went, you know what I mean. There's been a lot of issues around it, uh, that's in good. terms of problems. Yeah. So yeah, that's very. It's interesting. It, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what comes out of it. I mean, obviously, you know, they're they're driving forward global transformation for low emission and a climate resilient world. But we need to be doing more. Let's face it, we do. Every child deserves a loving family. And that is why I founded Banya Fostering, an independent provider in 1996. In the past 24 years, we have grown to become one of the largest agencies in the UK. We thrive to support carers and empower children, providing opportunities for brighter futures. Have you ever thought about supporting a child that needs it most? So far, we've helped more than 7,000 children in our care. When we are hearing all sort of this headline news, um, um, for for people, um, including myself, sometimes say, well, how can I do, you know what I mean? How can I sort of turn a policy or government not doing something myself personally? What can I do? And sometimes you can get so overwhelmed and say, oh God, the problem is too big. So so we do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. So, um, but just to keep, you know, I really do think our little especially uh, in terms about what we buy and we've got a little bit of power about what we buy and how we what we do in our little house even in terms of the environment you can you can make an impact and yeah. if we all add up together our little efforts they can actually become something well they can i mean you're yeah. you're pretty green aren't you yes yes i, do, I really try as much as i can yeah um, yes but um but yeah, it, it is difficult i mean you're right the governments don't always have it right and you yeah. know if we're really honest if you look at the 264 councils or something it is across the uk they're all yeah. doing something different yes yes <laughs> you know so they're not all and it, it's all about recycling and it, that's not necessarily where at that needs to be Yes, I mean, because, you know, we need solar energy. We need to be using different powers, don't we, really? Mm. Yes. So well, Another thing which I noticed in the news this week is um, the government, I don't, I don't know whether she, who she is, uh, talking about homelessness. Did you see that? And I thought, wow, I was quite shocked about it. They said it's a, it's a lifestyle choice for someone to be homeless. Um, and, and I thought, wow, 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 I couldn't believe it. Right. I think it was on Monday. 
Yeah, I I can kind of shed some light on this because yeah, obviously with my background, yeah. um, I used to um, talk to a lot of homeless people um, in a bid to put it under the nose of local authorities when I was yes. on TV. So, mm-hmm. um, and there's several homeless people that I've spoken to that you could just not rehabilitate them. And no. they, you know, and you say rehabilitation, but they've become so used to their life, they're actually incredibly frightened of having to um pay bills, live in a house, mm. and go back to the yeah, it's, it's about it's, yeah, it's very similar to my experience of working with children who've been in uh, children's homes or in secure units. They're mm-hmm. petrified of being out in the open. They don't know how to navigate. You know, they've been just outside to go to <laughs> to shop and come back. It's institutionalized. So I can imagine someone, if someone has been homeless for quite a long time, it's really, really hard. To, well, it you know, is. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, readjust. there's no doubt about it. it it's yes. incredibly hard. And, um, you know, I, I think... It, yeah, I've I've seen the story time and time again, and some love. I've met some lovely people that are homeless, and you know, in 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 a certain way, you can kind of see, you know, how it gives them freedom almost. Yes. You know, um, yeah. you know, it's dangerous. It, it it it's so dangerous, and it it's um. Yeah, especially for women and young mm. young kids. And um, I can't remember the statistics. A lot of uh, young people in the, on who are homeless, they come from the care system. Yeah. And uh, people have come from mental health institution. People have come from hospitals, and um, people have come from prisons. So it's almost revolving. They they then commit crime. They go back. At least when they mm. when they're in prison, they they're housed, and they feel safe. Yeah. And they feel safe, which is, yeah. you know, the underlying um, issue here, really, as far as mental health is concerned, isn't it? Yes, yes. You know, so... Um, yeah, oh, that's very interesting. It is. So meanwhile, we've got... Um, tell us, tell me a bit more about this um, Hope Foundation. And right, the, well, the, I, the I had a lovely conversation with Angus Thomas this morning, who founded um, the Hope Education Foundation project a few years ago. Um, so he um, actually rescued about 22 um, ladies in Dubai who mm-hmm. were from Ghana. Um, and so he's now set up the hope education project um, for education and awareness program for schools and communities in the northeast of ghana Um, and it you know it's their mission basically to to disrupt the flow of vulnerable girls and boys men and women traffic for exploitation um it's a huge problem that there's a global problem really a global problem about uh um uh, human trafficking yeah terrible yeah i mean angus was actually saying to me as well that you know major hotel groups because it it's absolutely it's a huge problem in dubai that you know that there's uh, 
specifically females taken out to Dubai for sexual exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, it's the major hotel groups that must enforce their their corporate social responsibility policies mm. because they're just turning a blind eye to to, to prostitution mm. um, and not, you know, dealing with the situation in hand, which is just incredibly awful, yes. isn't it? Remember, I I spoke to you about um when I went to um Zanzibar the Airbnbs and hotels. And uh, I, I was quite surprised actually because one of the places I stayed was run by women. Mm-hmm. And the, how they were turning this blind eye of prostitution right in front of them um, is just incredible. And that, you know, they're making a lot of money and they could do something. Uh, because the, yes, that's the young well, young men and women are being exploited in their premises. Mm. It's happening in their hotels or Airbnb. Yes. So awful. It's it's just awful thing to Mm. happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the hotel industry, the tourism industry, they're the ones who need educating. Yeah, I think they do. One thing educating the young women and who are vulnerable to it. But I think the industry also needs educating and yeah. empowering and uh, having quite clear policies, what is acceptable in the hotel or not. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think maybe they should, you know, because human trafficking has become a huge problem. Huge problem. It's around the world. It has become a huge problem. Yes. Um, I, I never thought about hotels. I just had a, an example of it in terms of this Airbnb where I was staying. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it, when you think about it, I suppose it is rife everywhere, isn't it? Terrible. Um, you know, so but also, well, not but, but it's quite a good thing because Angus was saying that they've actually got an exhibition in Soho starting yes. this week. Um, yeah. I don't have the, the timings confirmed because it's called Project Traffic Exhibition. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've got, you know, possibly um, uh, an old, not not sure which Home Secretary yet, but I think they've got a Home Secretary opening up the event. Oh, that is fantastic. And um, it's, it's in front of the government, is it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, and when I mean, it's not, you know, the government are trying to put a stop to it. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, everybody's hands are on board, you know. It's mm-hmm. just it's a very difficult thing, I think, sometimes to uncover, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, but the more people that are aware. So to find out further details anyway, I would go on to hopeeducationproject.org um, yeah. and have a look out for that if you're yes. in London at all. Oh, so. That is really fantastic. I think I'm going to be in London. If I find out when he's going to be, I might go. Yeah, 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 yeah. you should, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to be in London um, next week. Well, um, we'll mm. find out about that. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, so we've got some um, other news about um totally different area this time. It's about school building, Nyasha. Yes. That's really interests me. <laughs> That's really lovely. Yeah. Um, and it's a school in Zimbabwe which is being built, isn't it, Glendale? That's in Harare, outskirts of Harare. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, I can't wait um, to uh, be one of their speakers on the 9th of December and uh, to find and also to find out a bit more about what they're doing, how far they've gone with their school. Yeah. Uh, school seems to schools. And it seems to my, my specialism. I've just come back from Tanzania and Zanzibar and I visited so many schools. I can't even remember how many schools I visited. Oh. Uh, this is going to be uh, quite nice to, to hear a bit more about what's going on there. And yeah. uh, it looks as if it's going to um, be really bringing the state of the art facilities and uh, which is um, some of the schools in, in Zimbabwe or in Africa, they're very under-resourced. And I'm always really troubled about how these young people are gonna compete on the global market when they've hardly got any resources. Uh, it's just, you know, tough luck. You, you're really disadvantaged from birth. Um, um, but as the world has become global, you really need to think about competing on a global level. But in terms of resources, it's just, you can't compare it. I mean, in some of the schools I visited, they don't have any desk. Wow. In the textbook, they sit on the floor. And I know them times and near, they sit outside in, underneath a tree. They don't they even don't. have a classroom. They don't. So this is yeah. um, something I think I'm very interested to know about because of my own um, interest and passion about education and children and my idea of um, setting up schools in Southern Africa, yeah. building, you know, socially responsible schools with um, from a, a so, from a social enterprise point of view. Mm. It's almost like uh, we're going to have a range of school fees in terms of um, uh, somebody that, you know, sort of like buy one, give one space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, resources and having access to this latest, you know, things like computers. I mean, there's no way you can even, if you don't have a desk, how are you going to have a computer? <laughs> the conversation doesn't even you. start, it doesn't even happen. No. No, you're you're absolutely um, right. So that really that would be really good. Because wasn't your your mum a school teacher? Yeah, my, my parents were school teachers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. so that's why I think schools I was born in a school. <laughs> were but, you? Yeah, my my parents lived in a in the school quarters. Uh I you know, my whole my first years of my life I was living in a school. Oh how fabulous. So schools are so dear to me. Yeah, I'm quite a home at school. Education, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though, I mean that's what yes. it's all about. Yes, isn't it? yes. So. yeah, they were they were my home as well at my school and learning. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, I I soon get drawn. As I said, it doesn't matter where I go, I find myself in a school. <laughs> oh well, there you go. There you go. That, that that's yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, obviously where you feel most at home there you go yes yes, yes. so yeah, it yes. should be a really good event though the, the glendale yes that's fantastic yeah. i'm looking forward to that yeah so that and then on the 18th we still have got our um of december yep we still got our online event we have. We're having yeah. a sort of uh, get-together, a Christmas get-together for Impactful Billionaires. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll have 
quite a few impactful billionaires on the event. Yes. Um, I know that Ian Franklin, I think, has confirmed. And comes yes. in Napier Mon has also yes. confirmed. Um, um, I haven't heard back from Michelle yet, but there'll be quite yeah. a few other people. I think she's there. she's gonna attend. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So um I'll I'll see if I can get uh Sir John to come on. Oh, that would be fantastic. And that would be fun. He so. was one of the original <laughs> interview <laughs> interviewed. I know. Well, you should I, come I do, and remind us. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I do suspect I might have to go and help him out with the tech. Though. <laughs> with his tech, I remember last time you helped him. Oh, uh, I think if you go and help him, you will attend. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So um, that, that should be quite good. So we'll just see how many others we can get to come along. But it will be a lovely evening. Everybody's welcome. You know, come armed, come and ask questions, join in the festive fun yes um and that there's a lot to learn you know there really really yeah. is and also to be part of of the impactful billionaires club really so yeah, yeah. yeah. um well, anyway yeah. some other exciting news dr tony luck was 73 this week i know it was her birthday and uh, yes yeah, fantastic and she's a uh, really um doing a lot for uh africa she's based in Joba. she's um african-american mm. i think grew up in washington but for the last i think since mandela think um freedom whatever i think that she lived in south africa really and she's, yeah and she's setting up this africa trust um she wants it to be really her legacy and yeah. uh, impacting a lot of um women entrepreneurs and women girl children um and um, i know she's about to launch a women only um women run the pile of the whole airline in south africa oh yeah um i remember and, yeah no she's uh yeah she's quite a force isn't she our tony yes i did not know she was gonna be <laughs> i know she she looks a little younger than she is <laughs> She looks amazing. She really yes. does. But I think, yes. you know, it's because yes. she's got such a kind spirit. It, yeah, she yeah. has. Yes. Um, and um she she is quite a spirit, isn't she? Yes, she's quite she's, a spirit. Yeah, she's lovely. So that will yes. no, that would be amazing. So um and also you we've got looking towards 2024 now, we've got the social enterprise success conference. That yes, I'm gonna meet here. up with Corinne this week and see when we can arrange some. Um, yeah. yeah, I think if we if we do two, uh, we the last time we did it, we did, we were doing four a year, right? And uh, we need to come back to it again because everyone keeps asking about it to re reinstate it again. COVID yeah. um, forced it to go online actually, and um, because the first one was um, was here in Guernsey. Um, uh -huh. So yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, there's lots of people. Um, who Absolutely. yeah wants to know about social enterprise is an interesting topic. <laughs> it is an interesting topic. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, and and not a lot of people know enough about it as well. I think. So. Yeah, no, no, yeah. So that's that's one of the reasons of raising awareness of it, yeah, and showcasing what the social entrepreneurs are doing around the world. Yes, 
yeah yeah no you're yeah. right yeah so um and also 2024 we've got the launch of the impactful billionaires magazine and oh, our no. first international women's day <laughs> so yeah. an exciting news that we're in partnership with great british expos i know that's fantastic yeah uh, we've been ever so supportive of our work anyway over the years and um, i'm just so excited about that Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. It will be yes. a really good event and yeah. um, also a bit of a book signing for you, I think. Yes, I hope my boys are coming out. It's now with the editor, so... Well, it best be. It should be edited soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll, um chasing conversation with two editors now to see whether they are willing to, um, to partner with me to have it published. Oh no, that that would be really good, and yes. uh, so I think that kind of rounds up our second week of news, doesn't it? Yes, fantastic. There's always news. There's always things going on, and um, yeah. So, and as I said, we always want to hear other people's impact stories. We do. So if you would yeah. like to share your stories of impact please get in touch at impactfulbillionaires at gmail.com. So it's bye-bye from me. Thank you very much. Bye-bye from me. And thank you again, Ali, for organising it and pulling it all together as usual. No worries <laughs> at all. So coming up, Nyasha chats to motivational speaker Jess Roper, who's a two-times English kickboxing champion, regularly speaking at schools and travelling across the globe with PricewaterhouseCoopers to speaking events. Hello and welcome. My next guest is Jess Roper, motivational speaker and two-times English kickboxing champion. She's uh, making an impact in local and national schools by giving motivational speaking and has also motivated army cadets at Sandhurst Royal Military Academy and has, has done several motivational speaking events with Price Waterhouse across the globe. Jess shares her why and her desire to be on a global platform to empower more people. You're listening to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast with the UK's top award-winning social entrepreneur, Nayash Kwaditsa. Why not be part of the club Transforming Lives and join us on Patreon? If you would like to get in touch, email impactfulbillionaires at gmail.com. This is a For The Now media production. So anyway, Jess, thank you very much for joining me. I really normally really start with what are you focusing on at the moment? What am I focusing on at the moment? Well, yeah. my my big dream is to speak on stages globally, but also to create an impact for those who need it the most. Yeah. So I'm currently predominantly working in schools both primary schools and secondary schools mm. around the UK mm -hmm. but I also do some corporate work too around leadership high performance and 
focusing on helping people become the best that they can be to raise future champions, especially with young people. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. I think, I think yeah. it's, it's well, they are the few, they are the leaders of the future. Yeah. So Planning companies working with the current leaders, it might seem polar opposite to working in, say, a primary school with five to 11 year olds. Yeah, no, no. But no, it's not. No. They're the future. They're the future. So to, to plant the seed now is a good yeah. time. I wish we had such a thing when we were at school. We never had such opportunities isn't it, to have somebody come and inspire us. So I don't know whether you did when you were at school. I definitely was didn't never have a kick. Mm. I definitely didn't have any athletes or sporting. I wasn't sporty at school, actually. I didn't begin mm. until I was 18. We did have a poet. I remember a local poet coming in. And, oh, how nice. Yeah. And I thought, I thought he was a celebrity. And I yeah. thought, wow, I know someone famous. I know someone who's written a book. And so that <laughs> did inspire us, if you're uh -huh. in poetry. Uh, <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah, so you said you've got three things at the moment you're focusing, speaking, um, uh, and then impact. What is the third thing? The main thing is the speaking. Mm -hmm. and impact comes through the speaking. Yes, yes, of course it does. As a former kickboxing champion, that mm -hmm. creates a lot of the content that I speak about. And I guess it's in two separate kind of demographics the young people that I work with and the companies the the current leaders that I work with yes yes the third thing would be my actual kickboxing coaching I am part of the local community I am a black belt within the gym I run a women's only kickboxing class so all of my background that brings me to where I am today and everything that I am speaking about stems from oh, that Oh. No, not ever planning on leaving the local community and being close to home as well so although I'm aiming for global stages I value local community too wow so yes that's it your impact of the local community uh and what did, did you say charity begins at home anyway you've got to sort your home out <laughs> uh, before going global oh that's really fantastic so I'm, I'm I wasn't aware you're still uh, doing kickboxing so no. are you doing competition or you're just co coaching it's a good question I have retired from competing okay so I am the the former two times English kickboxing champion I won my belts in 2019 mm. I a lot of losses to get there it took a lot of hard work and dedication but I was never really naturally a fighter mm. I don't want to beat other people I want mm. to become the best that I can be to help others become the best that they can be so throughout my kickboxing career I was pushing myself to face my fears and to compete in the ring so I could experience that for that short immediate window of time to then be able to focus on my passion my why my being a black belt, being a leader within the gym, and I am still a martial artist. I am still a kickboxing coach. It is a huge part of my personal life, and then it goes into my professional life too. But mm -hmm. the business is around the professional speaking. Mm -hmm. The kickboxing is my hobby, my passion. It's very mm -hmm. much 
for me but it also is very impact driven in with those I work in within the local community and beyond who knows where it will go yeah so though that's that is so fantastic um um and for you to you know sometimes when people re retire from whatever they're doing it's sort of you know that knowledge that passion that inspires it sort of retires with them but for you to keep still with it and um, finding time to impact others and make a difference, especially the young people and the professionals you work with, the, the current leaders, it's such, it's, it's so, you know, it's just so wonderful. As I, say, as I say, some people give up at retirement. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I yes. very much um, transferred the drive, the dedication, determination and discipline. Yes. And a lot of athletes struggle with retirement too. Yes. And I, I did a bit and I've yeah. had to work through it, but um, the, cause it's a shift in identity and yes. athletes are so driven. It's all consuming. It has yeah. to be your complete focus. Yes, I know. To be wow. able to achieve that level. But I've put that into my speaking. So I've set my sights high, that kind of world champion global stages. Mm -hmm. But starting working my way up, creating strong foundations and mm. all ways to be able to give back and create a powerful positive impact too. Mm. Yes, that's that's just that's just, um uh, fantastic. So I mean um if you were to you know look back, you just mentioned earlier on that you were not really a sporty person when you were school. Um, why do you think you do what you do today? Is it from your childhood, your background, or you had this aha moment later in your life? That's an excellent question. Why mm -hmm. do I do, and how did I get here now? And it's something. Yes, it's um, always. I'm always intrigued about that. What what makes people get to where they they are today? I, I'm intrigued by it too myself because it does seem a bit bizarre. How did I get here? But I originally began kickboxing because I wanted to get a bit fit and I wanted mm. to find something enjoyable. So I talk about finding something fun, enjoyable ways to exercise. Movement is essential, whatever our goals are. And most people don't necessarily want to be an athlete, but it no, is important no. that we prioritize our health, whatever mm. it is we're choosing to pursue. Mm -hmm. So I was 19 and I was weak mentally and physically. And mm. I knew that I needed to do something and I didn't realize how powerful it would be and how much it would impact my confidence, my mental health, my self-esteem as well, because wow. health really is fully integrated. It's wholehearted. It's yeah. not physical versus mental. So yeah. I had quite a tough upbringing. Uh, both of my parents were drug addicts, alcoholics. Um, oh. And so I struggled. I do yeah. have many happy memories. Mm. And I do emphasize that addicts are not bad people. They no, are well, no, no, they no, were absolutely. struggling themselves and yeah. they did the best they could. They mm. always loved me. I've always loved them. But there were tough times. Mm. And kickboxing helped me as an adult overcome the struggles. So metaphorically the struggles, setbacks, losses along the way, but also in reality in the ring, well, in the training first, that first step into the gym was terrifying. I had to face yeah. that fear. Oh. Then, then I had to improve, compete, overcome the losses. And that led to where I am now as a kind of becoming a champion 
was a catalyst for confidence. Mm. I didn't plan to become a champion. No. Me and it was an evolution. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that I had the right supportive environment because mm-hmm. I had a coach there to support me. I had my team around me. So now a lot of what I talk about is who inspires you and mm. how can you become the best that you can be. So begin by identifying what it is you want to pursue, that mm-hmm. big dream. And yeah. that's first small step that you can take but don't mm. be afraid to seek support yes yes the, the you you can't do any of this without a team around you and without support it's just crucial it doesn't matter who you are if you want to get on in life you need to uh, really support and a team around you um and people who compliment you as well what you're not so good at finding that someone in the team was good at it <laughs> and it could be you know simple things like someone who's good at that admin to book your, you know, your appointments and whatever you might not be so good at it <laughs> you know what I mean we need to all choose what our talents are so to have a team with all these lovely talents is fantastic and so it, it just it started from there from what you wanting to um, build your own self-esteem and confidence to uh, being a champion and becoming this whole, or you know, this becoming so all-consuming. I think just it's almost like starting a business, isn't it? It's it's your life. It's your everything. It's so um, uh, uh, or very very consuming. There's no difference between you. You know where does your life start and where does your professional bit start? It's, it becomes all mixed up in one, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, kickboxing was my everything it mm. I, I was an amateur kickboxer so I wasn't paid to do it I yeah. worked family-run business around my training but I lived to train I lived for though that the time in the gym but also everything around it the recovery the rest and the everything that leads to that progression and that professional level performance mm-hmm. the nutrition and the optimizing routines the healthy habits mm. and then it's the same in business oh no <laughs> same, same, same. So we, can always, we can always optimize and it does become it's everything it's the whole package it's our relationships the people we're around how we communicate mm-hmm. it all yeah. yeah that's what I love about business and communication yeah. and the speaking it allows me to delve deeper into these topics because yes. I'm passionate yeah. about learning about them but also helping others learn about mm-hmm. them well, yes this yes relationships are so important there's uh, there's sort of really a high more and more I get into business that you can't do it without relationships this really what I call win-win relationships. It's no longer about just taking from people. You have to give something back. Collaboration. Um, I think I, I people identify me as competitive. And I, I am competitive, but I'm competitive with myself. I want to yeah. be better than the version of myself that I was yesterday. I mm. want to become the future version of myself. Mm. And I don't really care. I mean, I consider the people who are my competition, especially when you're fighting, your goal is to win. Mm. But in business, I think collaboration is essential. Collaboration is key. Collaboration mm. is how we all thrive together. Yeah. It's not, there's not a scarcity of people who need our help. If no. We're in- <laughs> no. 
especially as impact-driven entrepreneurs. Mm. There is no limit. And the more we help each other, the more we thrive and the more everyone else benefits. Yes, definitely. And you can't have um, some people thriving and some people not thriving. I don't know whether you've read this book called Spirit Level. And he was this guy, I think it's some French professor. And he was saying that in a society or in a community, you can't have people, you know, the gap between the have and whatever actually affects the people who have more in terms of their mental health because they're busy worrying about those who don't, who don't have, and, you know, this pressure saying, oh, they're going to come and get it because they're, you're thinking from, you know, not from that's abundance. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. I never thought about it before. That's a really powerful, um, it's provoked something really powerful in me. And I've got a question for you, actually, regarding this podcast, because yeah. um, impactful billionaires, and I think a lot of the gap, off for me, it's about how can I close that gap? How can I yeah. help others close the gap? Mm. But also for my own progression, how can I close that gap? Because mm. I'm not a billionaire. So the yeah. best, the best. Well, you, yeah, in- but what I'm interviewing, some of the people I, I interview here, they're actually billionaires in financial terms. And some of the people like yourselves, they're impacting lots of people. Yeah, that's yeah. why I. That's what. That's a take on the name of the podcast. <laughs> that, that's how I. I did. I do. I think understand that, but also in terms of metrics. So, like yeah. champion success in sport. If a financial champion is a billionaire, the best person to learn from is somebody who's achieved it. So by yeah. communicating with, listening to billionaires in mm. whatever version of billionaire that might be, whether. Status or health being our wealth or our yes. network being our net worth. Yes, we need, yes, yes. We need, health, we need our relationships and our network, and yes. then whatever finance means to us, similar to sporting success, whatever mm. we're striving for, we mm. can close the gap by asking for help. Every child deserves a loving family, and that is why I founded Banya Fostering an independent provider in 1996. In the past 24 years, we have grown to become one of the largest agencies in the UK. We thrive to support carers and empower children, providing opportunities for brighter futures. Have you ever thought about supporting a child that needs it most? So far, we've helped more than 7,000 children in our care. You definitely can close the gap. You can't do, and I'm always saying you've got to ask for help. And the worst kind of thing that can happen is they know it was, if people are so petrified, I think they're not going to kill you. <laughs> um, and you'll be surprised. They'll say yes. And also sometimes when somebody says no, they're just meaning no today. So you might need to go back to them and say, what do I need to do? Or can I come back next year or next week? Or what can I do? What do I need to do? I mean, if, uh, for me to turn this no into a yes, that's an, yeah, some people are really devastated with no's. And, and there's, there's, for me, there's always an opportunity there if they actually can be bothered. Because some people don't say no to you. They just don't reply. <laughs> so that's a bit difficult to deal with. But if they actually bother to reply, and some of them will actually give you a reason why they said no. And you yeah. should, Although it's upsetting, I think you should read more into it and go back to them and just say, 
uh, sometimes also some people give me no, but they don't give me five feedback. So I'm always asking for feedback for me to develop. And you'll be very, very interested to find out why they say no. It's very, oh yeah, I can see it now. Yeah, it's absolutely. So <laughs> I, I did a post about this today on LinkedIn about fear of failure. Yeah. And I, when I was growing up, I was terrified of failure, of rejection. Yeah, well, we all have it. As I've progressed and I've begun to learn, and I talk about this a lot now, that there, there will be losses, there will be failures, mm -hmm. but we need to never give up. And failure becomes feedback. So what mm -hmm. you were saying about the no, it yeah. could be taken as a rejection. Oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah. I, oh, we can go into one, can we? <laughs> all sorts of life. We just make it all up. It can be, you know, a very small no, and it can grow up into a mountain. Into a mountain. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's being aware that they have their own thing going on, and yes. being respectful to their time and their boundaries, and their no is because of something that's going on in their mind, their yes. life. So yeah. using using this podcast as an example, we were going to meet in May, and I ended up saying no. <laughs> Because I got ill. You were sick, <laughs> it yes. Wasn't, it wasn't yeah. because you did anything. It was yeah. because I needed to prioritise my health first. Yes. Now, yes, and I'm pleased to be here. Yes, yes. No, 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 yes. It's it's part of life. But uh, especially when you're starting up and your own self-confidence is not very good. Um, and you you already, you know, hammering yourself. I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect. And all this stuff, your you know, messages we give ourselves. And uh, when somebody says no, you just go into lowdown, isn't it? So it's just about picking yourself from there and um, and carrying on. You literally get, you know. But it all goes back to this for me, the big why. And the big why is what gets up in, us up in the morning. You know what I mean? And the big why overrides the nose. Because you know what, why you're getting up. <laughs> you know why you're asking that question or asking for whatever it is you're asking, which is getting all these no's. And, yeah. it, um, and that, that's what I always go back to. Your big why is really the motivator, the driver. And if it's not big, big enough that it scares you, then you need to keep on going back because that can easily demotivate you if it's not big enough. I don't yeah. know that that's what you found in your your own um, champion, whatever it is you're doing, that you really need to have a, a big motivator. Yeah, my, my motto is dream big, start small, never give up. It begins yes. with that big dream. And I think what we were talking about with the, the no's and the overcoming that, especially when we begin, but throughout our journey, because if we're constantly expanding our comfort zone, if we're mm. aiming for growth, if we're aiming to improve and progress, mm. it, this is why I think it's important to have that environment and that team and also the coach in our corner to have a coach and mm. in sport you have a sporting coach yes. you also might have a mental performance coach yes. uh, helps with mindset and mm. psychological success and i mm -hmm. might be called a, a, a life coach in, mm -hmm. life in business and and i don't i'm not sure it depends on who it is and how they help you but having someone there to support you is essential mm. it's a, it is essential in, in any 
environment, whatever you are doing, you need uh, for me, it's just so important to have that support. And I don't know, you know, coaching is a very a new uh, term in the business world and the life, but within sports, it's always been there, you know. The coaches yeah. have always been there. And um, so I don't know why that was that it's just come come in as a new sector recently, because it's very and most athletes I speak to or I know they wouldn't be able to do what they did do, whatever it was, or achieved without their coach. No, every champion. So, so why coach. can't we do it in our life? Why can't we have a life coach? Why can't we have uh, a business coach? And that's the key. That's the that's the key, though, because ev every champion has a coach in their corner. And yeah. now we are learning as business professionals, as yeah. um, entrepreneurs, as corporate athletes, whoever it might be, we are now realizing that we can benefit from having a coach in our corner. Yeah. But I will add on that to do your due diligence because with the rise of coaches and the demand you have to find the right coach for you and I always yeah. recommend that how can you tell what makes a good coach well check their credibility check that they get results and check that there's a synergy and an alignment between you because yeah. you're going That's to be working very closely together mm, yeah I think the synergy is just so crucial you can't be walking in any uh it's any in any relationship with your synergy your values that you're all on the same wavelength. The minute you're across purpose, it, it won't work. And they, you know, they're focusing on different things, which might not even be not important to you, because they haven't really bought into your own values. Especially if you want to make a difference to other people, they have got to be within their own lives, wanting to make a difference as well. Not just not just coaching me, you know what I mean, or mentoring me. Uh, that is really important. I've, you know, I've been very um, aware of this issue of um, people not checking, uh, but it also happens in business life, in relationship life. I was talking to somebody recently about uh, how people start relationships without really discussing what the, each other's values are. And in my work with the couples, I've always found out that the reason why the relationship break down is that they haven't, there wasn't synergy. There wasn't, you know, they were not on the same wavelength in terms of values. And no, it starts off with romance and whatever, before you know they're married or they're living together. And as they go along, it, it becomes, they, oh, they think they're gonna change the other person or they don't mind it. But later on, it actually starts nagging them. It becomes a resentment. Before you know it, the relationship ends. Because yeah. this whole thing has not been sorted out at the beginning. Yeah, we're, but we're not taught that. Like, yeah. we don't learn that at school. And no. it, it takes somebody yes. to educate us on the importance of communication, of being yes. aware of our own values first. Mm. Yes. We, know, we know who we are and what we're working towards. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, so yes. we create the relationships around it. Yes. Yes, definitely. I definitely agree with that. So, I mean, if we're just um, coming to the end now about, you know, the listeners who are listening, who could be listening today, and they're thinking, oh, 
my confidence is a bit low and my uh, self-esteem is of how can I, you know, start this journey of ending up, of uh, making a difference and making a huge impact. What will be the three top tips you would think somebody just thinking, oh God, where do I start? Where, what will be sort of the first three tips that they should be thinking about? in their local community or wanting to make a difference and just thinking, God, where do I get the energy, the, you know what I mean? The, I'm not very confident in doing this. And oh, who do I think I am anyway to think I can make a difference in people's life? I think the, we've discussed it just now, mm. That mm. being in the right environment mm -hmm. and not being afraid to ask mm. for help. So yeah. to follow follow people who are further ahead, whether that be on social media, the podcasts you listen to, they're listening to this podcast, so they're influenced by you and what you're doing, mm -hmm. and me because they're listening to me. And so if they want to reach out to me and connect, yes, link definitely. Mm -hmm. and it, so I've I'm creating a strong network mm -hmm. of people who inspire me. Mm -hmm. and I would recommend that they do that whether that be athletes artists entrepreneurs yeah, it doesn't, matter. doesn't matter yeah it's being yeah. A, and diversity as well that diverse circle of success but yeah. closely guarding your time and energy and you are the the top five people that you spend your time around you will become like so if you're around negativity mm -hmm. and people bringing you down, questioning your choices. How can you change your social circle? How can yeah. you change your mm -hmm. environment? Mm -hmm. That would be my top one. Yeah. My second one would be similar, but having that coach. So being mm -hmm. in the right environment, the team, then the coach. So mm -hmm. having a mentor, the, the person who knows you intimately, um, who can help you professionally so as I was progressing in kickboxing I had a kickboxing coach as I was progressing in speaking I reached out to a former Olympic swimmer Chris Cook and I asked mm. him specifically for advice can you help me improve my professional speaking and mm. he made connections for me he helped oh. me craft my story so oh. The, the number one and two the mm. have the right environment and greater support network mm. then have that specific coach in your corner mm. because they will help you believe in yourself when yeah. you're that's what they're supposed to do that you and can then do the third way to increase confidence comes through action i yeah. talk about imposter syndrome and mm. before we do something if we've never done it before technically yeah. Well, we, um, yes. when I first stepped in the ring I wasn't a kickboxing fighter I wasn't a kickboxing champion mm. I had to become a contender I had to I had the coach I had the team I had the support I had to believe in myself when mm. I first stepped on stage I didn't mm. know how the audience was going to react I wasn't yeah. confident yeah. I, I was ready so mm. you will have to take that step yeah. to become confident Mm, and then yeah. the motto that sums up everything on how to get there how to become the champion at what you choose dream big start small never give up it's all about the action mm. that you take to become that yeah. champion and incorporated in it all we do have to prioritize our health as a bonus yeah. yes without our yeah. health 
can't do it. Daughter anything. health, we've got nothing, absolutely nothing. That's just so important to keep yourself well so that you can, and this is physically and mentally as well. Yeah, uh, in terms of in terms of health, that's just so important. So yeah, we need to um yeah always remind ourselves of that because in the middle of this busyness, we can forget ourselves, don't we, as human beings <laughs> with the health needs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's very easy. Especially if we're so focused on impact and serving others. Yes, give, give, give. Like you mm. can't pour from an empty cup. But it's like you have to become the champion first. You have to be the best that you can be and mm. overcome any thoughts about it might be being selfish. Mm. But if you can't yes. be your yes. best, yes. how can others be their best? Yes, it's sort of, you know, our parents and teachers all say, don't be selfish. <laughs> you to think about, you you know, it was sort of drummed in our heads, isn't it, about not being selfish. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, that's really difficult. And as women as well, I find that we just always not prioritise ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, when, when, <laughs> yes. We yeah. more naturally are nurturing. Yes, naturally, we are like that, yes. But we yeah. need to nature ourselves as well. We, we mustn't forget ourselves. Oh, that is really fantastic. I've really enjoyed having our conversation. Thank you again for your time and um, coming on. And I'm really glad you are much better. And you know, I always say things happen for a reason. 